Jesus loves me, he will stay close beside me all the way. If I love him when I die, he will take me home. your heart not rejoice when you hear that. Praise the Lord, Jesus loves me. And no matter where I go, He will never leave me or forsake me. And that into eternity. Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed me over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about. Even to the soul, the death closed me around, closed me around by about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, and the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that 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 I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Amen. All right, Jonah. Turn back with me to the book of Jonah. You know, when you get a fisherman at heart talking about fish, he's probably going to... Keep on talking for a while. Uh, that's me and the account, I won't call it a story, the account of Jonah and the whale and the great fish that the Lord prepared to bring him back into obedience to his word. We noticed quite a bit in verse 1, that was last week, just a few additional things we'll look at in Jonah chapter 1 before moving on to chapter 2. Who was Jonah? You might think, well, he was just a, a prophet that showed up in the book of Jonah. He was just the one that was swallowed by the fish because he didn't want to preach to those people that he hated because they were outside of the family of God in his viewpoint. But we find him elsewhere. Let's take a look real quick. Let's just see. 2 Kings chapter 14. 2 Kings chapter 14. In this chapter, uh, Amaziah is overcome. We have Jeroboam's reign. You remember he was wicked. Wicked Jeroboam. 
In chapter 14 of 2 Kings, in verse 25, we'll start in the 15th year of Amaziah, which is in 23. 2 Kings 14, 23, In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria. And he reigned for 41 years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He's an evil king. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He followed in his footsteps. Verse 25 says, He restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath unto the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah. This is the same Jonah. Now, I read behind some that said this is a different person. But his daddy's name was Amittai. And he was from the same place that Jonah was from. It's him. It's him. He was uh, the prophet of God, which is of Gath Heifer. All right. So Jonah was a real person. He was a real servant of God. He served God. He obeyed God. But he had something in his heart that was against God. And that something was for a hatred for people outside the family of God. In this case, the Ninevites. This was a great, massive city. Some that I've read behind say that the walls were 100 feet high and 40 foot thick. I don't know. That's what they say. But the Bible tells us that it was three days' journey walking across it. So it was big. There's no doubt about that. Thousands of people. And it was a wicked place. It was a wicked place. All right. Jonah was called to be a missionary to Nineveh and to warn even his enemies, the enemies of his country, God's people, God's family. But he... In his mind, didn't mind if God destroyed Nineveh. It was okay with him. He probably thought in his mind, they're not going to believe me. They might even kill me for standing up against them. We don't know exactly what he thought, but he didn't want to do what God called him to do. As he was a prophet of God and knew the Word of God, We know he had to have known the Word of God to serve God as he did. Uh, He says uh, that he will return again unto the temple of God. So he served God, but he went in the opposite direction, didn't he? Let me tell you, God is a God of second chances, isn't he? If you want to call it that. Multiple opportunities. He's a merciful God, isn't he? Oh, and I'm glad he is. Because I, too, have ran from the direction that God has given me. I, too, have thought in my mind that I could hide from God or I could hide something from God. I, too, have learned a lesson in my life. And a lesson here from Jonah in his life, I have learned. 
Why are people hesitant to preach the gospel to the world? Well, Jonah saw Nineveh as his enemy. We too see the world as our enemy, don't we? Individual people we probably shouldn't see as our enemy. It's the world system that's against us that has them trapped in itself. We can relate because it had us trapped too, didn't it? Before God freed us from the bondage of sin and the direction of the world which is deeper and deeper into sin, we must realize that we were once enemies to God too. This was something different because uh, these were not Israelites. These were Gentiles. That was something something different, wasn't it? That's something new. Jonah didn't accept it at first, did he? It's like, no, this something, there's something wrong with this. These are our enemies. They hate us. Now, verse 4, Jonah chapter 1, The Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. God controls every little portion of nature. All of it. That's hard. It's hard to accept because of the things we see and people's lives lost. And our nature wants to say, why would God allow that? Why would He allow that? But you see, when we have this new nature, we realize that we don't have the right to question God. Because He knows what He's doing. He knew what He was doing here. He sent out this wind that caused a mighty tempest in the sea. And the ship that Jonah was hiding on was like to be broken, it tells us. He was sleeping. Verse 6 says, it, So the shipmaster came to him and said, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise upon and call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. But we see this same situation with Jesus, don't we? When he's crossing the water in the ship. They were about to be broken. But Jesus came up on deck and said, Peace, be still. He's in control of all things. Certainly of the wind and the waves. All right. There's several things in the book of Jonah that we want to pull out and remember or learn. For one thing, it sets forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about that. Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days. Jesus Christ was in the earth for three days. Jonah sacrificed himself for the life of the mariners and all those aboard the ship that was coming apart because of this wind and this storm that God brought upon them because of Jonah. Jesus gave his life 
for you and for me. Because of the storm that was coming, God's righteous judgment against sin and rebellion. So much. He's a, like Jesus. Now, there are those who say that Jesus died. I'm sorry. That Jonah died in the fish. Uh, you may have heard uh, J. Vernon McGee on the radio. Old country talking fellow, but he knows the book. He's a free willer, but he knows the book. He says, without doubt, Jonah definitely died in the fish. And I'm not going to say he's right or wrong. I don't know. If Jonah did die in the belly of the fish, he would probably be even more perfectly like Jesus, example of Jesus. I don't know that he did. I don't know that he didn't. One of the things is, uh, they say that a man couldn't live three days inside of a fish. I think all of us have cleaned fish before in our life. Some of us for a living. It's not a place where you want to try to live, is it? No. It's a digestive system. Another thing is that salvation is not by works, but by faith, which leads to repentance. The men said everyone cried to their own little g-gods because, uh, like Brother Cecil Fayard, who goes on to these ships to witness to these mariners, they're usually from all over the place. Uh, the people on the ship that work on the ship, they're from all over the world, different languages, different little g-gods, if you will. It's the same case here. But they did not want to take a man's life, Jonah's life. And they rode hard to try to save their lives and his as hard as they could. They threw all the things that meant something to them on the ship overboard, but they couldn't save themselves by that hard work they were doing, rowing hard. Oh, but when they basically obeyed God through Jonah, because Jonah knew, and he told them, throw me overboard. And they said, oh, no, no, we're going we're gonna to work, we're going to work hard, we're going to row hard, we're going to get us dry land. They couldn't. No one can thwart the will of God. No one can change His direction in their life. All right. Then, we learn that God's purpose of grace cannot be frustrated. God had a purpose, didn't He? We see it all through the Bible. Man has sin in his heart, but God can use man's sinful actions for good. Look at Joseph. His brothers sold him into slavery. Most of them wanted to kill him because of jealousy in their heart because their father loved him more. All through the Bible we see this. But God's purpose always is fulfilled in the end. None can afford His hand. All power in heaven and earth has been given unto Him. And then we see that God will not cast us aside for faithlessness, for trusting in something else other than Him. 
in our situations, in our circumstances. He's not going to cast you aside if you're His, regardless. Yes, we want to follow Him as closely as we can. We want to be obedient to His Word because we love Him and we know it's right and we know that it's for us and meant for us and it's right for us. But we must realize that this Savior who's walking with us through this life will never leave us. He's yoked together with us and that yoke will never be removed. See, it's eternal. Same with Jonah. And of course we see that God is good and God is gracious in the account of Jonah. Finally, we see that God is the God of the Gentiles too. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know? I think all of us here are Gentiles this morning. Praise God that He is your Lord and your Savior. All right. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and He heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. It doesn't matter where you end up. God's there. God has people who are in jail, who are in prison. He's there with them. He's there. No matter where you end up, God's going to be there. That's such a comforting thought. He was there. And thou heardest my voice. 